0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Buy the Book on BFM 89.9 Hello everyone, you're listening to Buy the Book. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and as always, my fellow reader, Leechwe Lin. Hello. So today we are going to be talking about readings of a different kind, not the solitary by yourself type, but live literary readings of the event type that you can attend. And uh, for that, we are actually joined by Sharon Barker, who is the organiser of Readings KL, an 18-year event that's been happening here, um, as well as Sumitra Selvaraj, the current host of Readings. Sharon, Sumitra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. So, Sharon, Readings was actually founded in 2005 by Bernice Chorley, and then you started hosting it, organizing it from 2006 onwards. What was the idea behind it, and how has the event changed and evolved
2: over the years? Okay, we started. Oh, Bernice started at a gallery called Darling Muse in Bangsa, which was owned by Yusuf Majid, and that was the first venue. And I was actually the very first person to read at readings oh. way back then in the first lineup. And I actually I took over after Bernice's mum became ill and Bernice needed some help. And when Bernice's mum sadly passed away. I said to Bernice, you know, here you are, take back your baby. And she said, no, it's yours. You can adopt it for the full time. That's Bernice. She's so good at starting things that other people then, you know, carry on with. So that was how it began. But I stuck to her formula, actually, um, of having six readers in any one readings and a break in the middle between three readers. And uh, I think maybe I... Broadened readings a little bit because I tried to get in people who were writing very different kinds of text. She was a lot more on the literary side and particularly encouraging uh, young writers and the writers that she taught. And I kind of just expanded it to all different kinds of writing to have uh, some variety. And I brought in some music sometimes as well. So that was it. But basically, the same kind of format.
0: And Sumitra, you've come on board readings uh, pretty recently. How Mm -hmm. did that happen? (laughs) Um,
3: Sharon is actually my creative writing teacher. She got me involved in creative writing back in 2015. I took a course uh, with her and uh, the first kind of snippet, the first sentence that I wrote in her class on the first day, 10 weeks, 12 weeks later, got turned into a short story, which was then three months later published as my first ever short story. And as soon as that short story was published, Sharon uh, messaged me and she said, she said, oh, you've got a story now. Come and read at Readings. (laughs) I said, what's this? I've never heard of it. And I turned up on a humid afternoon um, at Seksan Gallery in Bangsa. And it was this amazing, warm crowd who were just so receptive to, to everything and everything that everybody said. And then over the years, you know, I I would go back to readings every now and then whenever I had a short story published uh, and I would be invited up to read. But at some point last year, Um, I reached out to Sharon and I said to her that I think I want to do a little bit more for readings. I'd like to offer myself. I offer myself as tribute. (laughs) (laughs) I offer myself as as host for readings if and when you ever need somebody. For the simple reason that the literary scene in Malaysia has given so much to me. The opportunities available, Mm. not just... It by being able to speak your words out loud uh, at readings, but also the submission calls and the encouragement mm. and the writing classes and the nudges that you get. So this was my way of kind of saying, um, you know, I, you know, thank you to the literary scene, but most of all, thank you to Sharon. So mm. that's how it started in, in I think December or January, uh, and been going ever since. And I mean, I'm lazy. I really, (laughs) I'm fine
2: organizing it, but I don't enjoy being in front of everyone and uh, introducing everyone. Um, I often run out of words and my brain goes blank. I get brain freeze. Uh, And Sumi is just so polished and so beautiful in front and, uh, and warm introducing everyone. So I feel very... Honoured to have her come and and host the event for us. So we heard a little bit from Sumitra
1: actually about why something like readings is sort of so special for writers. But mm-hmm. I wanted to hear from you, Sharon, why do you think readings are important to the local literary community? How does it feed into our current arts and culture ecosystem? I,
2: I think having been the first person ever to read at readings, it, that happened at a time when I really needed some validation as a writer myself. Um, and it was just a very heady experience standing up and reading a story in front of a crowd and feeling how that story went down. Um And, you know, I think it's been very valuable to me. Um, And I see that happening with a lot of the writers. They come, they read, um, their confidence grows. You you see that. And also um, the published writers get a chance to have an audience for a book uh, that they've brought out get a chance to sell copies, sign copies um, and connect with their audience. Um, and so that makes it really quite, quite a special thing. So it builds the confidence of new writers and it gives more established writers a chance to share work in books that they probably would want to sell um, and, and so on. Um, I think everyone
3: needs that kind of contact because writing's quite a lonely business, isn't it? And it's quite a leap as well. That sort of self confidence that you get when you get that email saying, Congratulations, you've been published. You know, you have a little <laughs> swagger in your step and you think, That's it, I've arrived. But then when you're asked to read your story out loud, it's a different kind of confidence that you need to kind of yeah. pull from deep within you. And, and you can see that from the writers who come up, especially the first time readers of their yeah. story. Sometimes they're not quite sure. Sometimes it almost feels it's like the first time ever that they're reading their story mm. out loud.
0: So Sharon you you kind of touched on this earlier that the format has stayed more or less the same three three six overall some music here and there so for people who haven't attended kind of talk us through what <laughs> happens at a typical reading session
2: uh yeah we get newcomers coming almost every month and I, mean, I was talking to Sumitra about this just just earlier um, and they come in that they look a little bit baffled you know <laughs> what, 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 what is this and they, I guess they're kind of expecting it to be a bit cliquey. but it, it is it really isn't um and uh i I try and be welcoming and the rest and everyone else tries to welcome Mm -hmm. newcomers as well i think people are very surprised by the words on the posters everyone welcome free you know and i I still keep getting messages how do i register for this and what you know, and so on. And so it's a question of if you come in, you 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 sit and you listen to the the readers. And halfway through, we have our little break, mm-hmm. which actually turns out sometimes to feel more like a party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think a lot of people come just for the break and the, and you know, getting to know people and make new friends and so on like that. And then we all have three more readers and so on. There's no there's not much talking about the texts it is reading from the texts. Um, and the readers should aim to entertain their audience for the 10 minutes that they're up front. If I could push back at that a little bit, um, from people outside of this little circle,
1: and in Malaysia, you know, it does seem to be uh, a fairly small circle of literary, the literary community is quite small. And mm. um, attending a reading might not be everyone's cup of tea it may seem perhaps boring or like it's a closed circle and it's only for people who know each other how would you respond to that
2: i would say it it really isn't we have such a wide variety of of readers um we've had all kinds of of strange things read we have one guy who wrote a book about football for example uh coming coming around we have uh, we, we've got performance poets we've got um
3: translated
2: writings uh, in translated different, in different, writing in different we even languages. had someone reading in tamil didn't we yes, um, part just, of a text yes, in tamil recently la- last time all kinds all kinds of things. And I do aim when I can to have a variety within one reading session. And I'm surprised at how many people do write. That's the other thing. If I were to add up how many people have read over the years, it would be hundreds, you know. Well, 18 years. 18 years, Mm -hmm. almost every month, and six people each time. And uh, so that's an awful lot of variety. So, you know, I I think it isn't a small, enclosed community. I would say it's the opposite. It is a very
3: large and sprawling community. Mm -hmm. And I think you can, as an audience member, take from readings what you want. You can mingle. You can make new friends. You can try and find out how you too can become a reader. Uh, you can just sit in a corner and glower at people. That's absolutely <laughs> <of this> <laughs> uh You can heckle if you want. Uh, I will shut that down. But you know, <laughs> just, I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> you can take from readings,
0: you know, whatever it is that, that kind of, you know, makes your heart sing. So yeah. 10 minutes and a variety of different writings that could be read. Um, we're yeah. going to ask you a little bit later about, I suppose, you know, the main do's and don'ts. But I'm actually primarily curious about how people choose what they're going to read. So in some instances, Mm. I think if you've got a new short story out, then that is sort of a logical choice. But Mm. if you're reading an excerpt, um, I'm always very intrigued by how people choose excerpts Mm. because Mm. it is supposed to display something about yourself in your book.
2: I leave it entirely up to the writer. You know, they, they ask me, what shall I read? You know, whatever you feel you most would like to read. The
0: acknowledgements.
2: Yeah. <laughs> some, some people like to dip in at different points in their story. But yes. there's, there's a danger with that, that it becomes a bit fragmented and people don't find the, the thread. Mm. I would say go for the for the best part of the story and just, just kind of give us that. And if you want to summarise a little bit what came before or after, that's that that's fine. Most of them kind of end on a cliffhanger yes. because they say, right, if you want to find out what happens, you have to buy the book. The copies are <laughs> over there. Mm.
1: Because you don't want spoilers.
3: Yeah, <laughs> no.
1: no. <laughs> How do you pick Sumitra when you've done your readings?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I pick something. I generally do the first couple of paragraphs. I do the opening of the story um, and I don't give context to what I'm reading, um, but that's just a personal preference Mm. because I feel that if I were to pick from the middle of my stories, I might feel the need to do a little bit too much of explaining as to who this person is and how they fit into the story. The opening is always a good kind of bet for me.
2: She's going to have a hard time because she's got three stories coming out. (laughs) She's due to read one month soon.
1: (laughs) We're speaking with Sharon Baka and Sumitra Selbaraj of Readings KL. Let us know, have you attended? Would you like to? You can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Write to us at buythebook at bfm.my.
2: Begin fun moments. BFM 89.9. The Business Station.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Buy the Book with Sharmila and Lynn. And this week, we are talking about Readings KL, which is, of course, a local literary event where you get to listen to writers read out their work. Uh, It's been going on for 18 years. And joining us today is Sharon Baka, who is the organiser, as well as Sumitra Selvaraj, who hosts the event. So, Sharon, speaking of space, Readings has become synonymous with the space that it's currently held in Seksan Gallery in Bangsa. Yeah. How important is it to find the right space
2: and feel for conducting a reading? Yeah, we've been incredibly lucky. As I said earlier, we started in a different venue. But after about three or four months, that became untenable. And Bernice was a friend of Sexan who has this beautiful space 67 Jalan Timpinis Satu. Mm -hmm. And it's actually his office. He's a landscape architect, a very famous landscape architect. And the space underneath his office is this beautiful gallery space, Mm -hmm. which is very open and airy and has some works of art on the wall. And it's been been absolutely perfect. Saxan's given us the space for free for all those years. It's absolutely unbelievable. I think without him the event wouldn't have survived in the same form anyway. Um, It's a very flexible space. We could move the chairs here, Mm -hmm. we could move the the chairs there. Yeah, and it's a very informal space as well. So I think most people who come really appreciate that space too
3: it comfortably holds at least what 30 40 people comfortably mm. Mm. um if we were to pack people in the stairs it, to yeah. kind of hang off or and crannies yeah. to kind of yeah. squish yourself into but yeah. the only thing we tell people is please be so mindful of the artworks please don't touch anything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't fall into the pools outside exactly
2: <laughs> i've never had anyone do that but but you know the the painting the big painting oh, yeah. of the piggies mm. mm-hmm. is you know so
0: precious you you know, it's such a beautiful one. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you mentioned um, the space and, and how you have it because we do have a serious question, which is how is readings funded? How have you managed to keep it going for so it long? Isn't.
3: It, it isn't. isn't
0: <laughs> it isn't funded. It isn't funded. I mean, Saxon you know, so, I mean, doesn't ask for
2: anything. Um, I buy some drinks, some bottles of water, some fizzy and some, a couple of bottles of wine. Other people bring something along if they want to. We have had people bring curry puffs mm-hmm. and cakes and, you know, we've had a little feast as well. And we're always grateful for that. But there's, there is no funding for anything. No. We
3: have somebody who sorts out a little um, sound system for us. My sound, uh, system. your sound system, but uh, yeah. he helps as our technical director. <laughs> 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 and uh, every now and then, we uh, every couple of months or so, we pass a tin around and say, uh, "If you would like to help keep readings going, please." We'll
2: <laughs> <You'll> buy refreshments. <laughs> stick a, with a couple it. of
1: notes but into I, this I tin. I usually forget to do that. Yeah. But it's, so to be clear, then uh, actually. All of you who are involved are volunteering your time. Yeah, You're not yes. being yeah. paid for this. No. E-
3: even, even the people who very generously bring snacks. I mean, people will bring, like, sometimes noodles or cake <laughs> or curry puffs, enough for 30, 40 people. It's incredibly generous. And mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever had a month where we've not had anything to eat yeah. or nibble on. Yeah.
1: So, speaking about the people who are featured, how do you decide who the readers are going to be? Well, Is there an <laughs> attempt to curate a sort of a mix, different? types of writers. Sharon tries, but Sharon (laughs) is looking very sheepish. I'm
3: usually,
2: I'm desperate. I've got no one to read this month. (laughs) Who can I possibly drag in? Get in touch, Um, guys, if you want to read. Get in touch if you want to read. Yeah. No, often I will have names and there are certain times um, when there are a lot of people who want to read. I know there are three anthologies coming out soon, so I'll try and get those, those people. And some Sometimes I have writers contacting me and saying, really, I would like to read. Can can you find a space for me? Two of the people reading in the next... Readings. Uh, people who came up to me in the last readings and said, how do I read? Mm. Can I can I read next time? Yeah, and they, you know, they qualify. You know, they, they've written something. They've had something published. So, yes, OK. Um, yeah, from month to month, it's a little desperate
3: sometimes. <laughs> we try. Every now and then I'll say to, to Sharon, let's do a, a, a Women's Month theme or let's do a Merdeka theme. And we'll get really, really gungo about it. And then the date will creep up on us. And we'll be like, no, let's just do a call. <laughs> and just ask anybody who can, can do it. Although I do have a really a heartwarming anecdote about a readings a couple of months ago when um, we, had, we already had our f- full complement of, of six readers on that day. And at the break, this young woman uh, comes up to me and she says to me, uh, she says, I'm a tourist in KL. And my friend told me that this is the one thing that I must do while I'm in KL. And we said, Oh, welcome, you know. And she said, I too am a writer back home in India and I've published my first short story. And I said to her, she didn't say anything beyond that. And I said to her, um, "Would you, I, I, I just said, because would you like to read? And she looked so taken aback and she said, here with all these people? <laughs> and I said, yes. You know, I said, would you like to come and share your story with us? And yeah. so she did. And this lovely young woman, she did something that kind of made everybody gasp. She, We don't have a stage at readings. It's just an open floor and, and a mic set up. She approached the boundary of, of, you know, where you get close to the mic. And she stood there, you know, in silence for a second. And then she took her shoes off and she stepped into the space, mm. uh, which is something that, you know, you would, might do in India. Because if you step onto a stage, a mayday, you, you would take your shoes off because it is a, a sacred space. And she did that. And you could just see this collective gasp from the audience. And it was just quite special. And yeah, mm. she became our honorary seventh reader for that month. Yeah, <laughs> oh, lovely. yeah it was yeah. really nice.
0: So, what makes for a good reading overall? Um, you know, are there are there do's and don'ts perhaps? Um,
2: I really try to, Persuade people to practice their reading because if they if they just kind of shuffle in and they haven't practiced and they read from the paper, then often they don't perform it very well. So I'm trying to push that idea. Um, I send out some notes before um, to, to the writers beforehand. I, uh, it's a bit like. Teaching your grandmother to suck eggs, as they say, you know. (laughs) You know, shouldn't you know this, you know, that you practice your reading? But I have been, I have noticed that people have been getting better Mm. at delivering their readings. And I think it's really important because I've worked hard for my audience and I don't want my audience to be turned off and stop coming. So I think that the writers need to realize that they have a responsibility for that 10 minutes to entertain the audience. Because yeah. writing a story is very different from reading a story.
1: Yeah,
3: You have to be able to hear the characters. Mm. And not in your all head. writers are readers. Not reading out loud, I mean. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. There are some who are naturals at it. You know, we've had some readers who step up on, on stage or step up in front of the audience and you can just tell for the 10 minutes everybody's transfixed. But to be fair, there are some readers who when they come up, their stories are really good, but you can see audiences starting to tune out simply because they're reading yeah. in a monotone and and this is something writers yeah. need to be yeah. aware of. Aware.
2: Yes, absolutely. I did a couple of sessions uh, with for the Malaysian writers when mm-hmm. they had their festival and um, uh, and we practiced reading and that was really well worth doing. I, uh, that would be a good idea mm. to, to do even more, you know, to get groups of people together and Perhaps, get them Perhaps uh, rope in a couple of
3: radio hosts to help <laughs> yeah. us with yeah. as well. Actually, <laughs> that's a good idea. If there are any grants yeah. floating around, get into it. Yeah.
2: But what I also do is I limit the time. So 10 minutes, because no matter how awful you are, the audience will forgive you if it's not too painful and long. You know? um, actually,
1: speaking of which, looking back, who have been the highlights or some of your favorite uh,
3: readers? Oh, there's so many. Um, Faisal recently. Mm. Faisal Tehrani. Uh, oh, yes, oh, we had been really trying good. to get yeah. him for a long time. And when he did, uh, he just chose excerpts that, you know, just kind of dropped literally, uh, literal atomic bombs on the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and offended one or two people. But that's part of the fun, too. Um,
2: Prita Samarasan always reads absolutely beautifully. So that, w- that was really excellent. The reading that I, I, I've loved over the years, um, Amir Hafizi, you know, mm-hmm. who I don't, yeah, he's a writer, blogger and so on. His his reading, um, the, I forgot the name of the story, the one about his father. The graphic novel. Yeah, the later on it became, yeah. well, it, first of all, I published it in one of the books that came out of readings and then then took it and turned it into a graphic novel. But that, that, that was absolutely beautiful as well.
3: Most recently, in the last couple of months, I must say, I, I, I know that this is a particular bias, but you know, we did mention earlier on that we did have a reading in, in Tamil, and it was uh, the translation of a poem by Mohan Ambi Kaibagar. Uh, the piece that went viral? Correct. Yeah. So the young man who had translated the poem into Tamil had turned up. And, you know, he also did. He followed Mohan's reading uh, in English with the Tamil version. And, you know, they did say to people, you know, we're not going to be providing surtitles or anything like that. But you could feel the emotion mm, of yeah. the piece. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was it was, amazing. It was lovely. Yeah. It was yes, really, it was really quite beautiful. One of
2: my favorite moments in readings, there was a, a group of performance poets called Nagarakus, and they came up from Johor all together on a bus. And while they were reading, our laureate, Simon Syed, came in and he was sitting at the back of the room and they took one of his poems. They just improvised a performance of one of his poems. And it was just so beautiful. There was a moment of magic, just a total moment of magic. I loved it. You never know what
0: you're going to get at readings. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah,
0: it's kind of quirky. Yeah. (laughs) So it's been almost two decades of this. Um, How do you see readings moving forward? Do you have ideas or directions that you want to explore?
2: More of the same, actually, since we haven't really changed. I haven't changed the format of it. But I'm so happy to have someone like Sumitra come in with with enthusiasm. And, you know, she probably has her own ideas about how she would like to do things, you know, it's it's up to you, you know. I, I I think that I think bringing more people in and expanding things that way is the best thing it's to do. It's
3: also worth mentioning that you know we've had in the last year some spin-offs. There's now readings at. Tanjong or is it readings yeah readings at Tanjong mm. up in Penang on yes. the island and there were murmurings last month of doing a reading somewhere in the mainland of Penang and I think that's a really good idea to kind yeah. of you know kind of There was of-
2: one before in mm. Kuching and there is another one that um, what, what's, there's another one in KL that calls itself readings mm-hmm. as well and there was one in Malay at Dewan, Dewan Bahasa yeah. some time ago that's now you know now no longer happens but you know there The readings idea has gone into different spaces. Mm. And you that, did the really online good. events as well during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks to my friend, Param. Our technical director. Our technical director, <laughs> Paramanantham Anantham Arulandam. Did I say it right? Yes, I've been mean, practicing did. all <laughs> um, He is absolutely wonderful. So we got um, six readers and he compiled everything into an hour-long video and they're still up on YouTube. They were pretty special as well Mm. they were good it was a way of keeping it going we didn't stop you know Sharon, Sumitra, thanks for speaking with us today Thank you, thank
1: you for having us We've been speaking with Sharon Barker, organiser and Sumitra Salvaraj, host of Readings KL uh, Going strong at 18 years uh, happening once a month at Seksan Gallery in Bangsa Let us know, have you attended and in general, are you a fan of Readings events You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 Tweet us at BFM Radio Write to us at buythebook at bfm.my of footnotes. Just a quick one today, really. Now that Sharon and Sumitra are no longer with us, we can be honest. (laughs) They've left the room. They've left the room. That's all. (laughs) They've left the room. So we can be honest about it. No. Um, Actually, I thought it would be nice to close off our conversation and talk about our own experiences with attending reading events and uh, whether they work
0: for us or not. Okay, so this is just something that I've said in the past and that is still true, although I am trying more. Now that I no longer just read, but I also, you know, co-host a book show and do all these things. But For me, for a very long time, my association with reading is a solitary activity. I think of it as something that I do on my own. Uh, If I'm lucky enough to find people to talk about a book with, that's great. But that's not the big plus point for me. Uh, My love of reading is a very self-motivated, self-driving thing. And for that reason, events and not readings in general, uh, not readings in particular, but book or literary events in general have never really been something that I would pursue, or something that I would go out of my way for. Um, having said that, I, I do think they sound like an awful lot of fun, and in my new trying to be more of an extrovert phase of life <laughs> in my middle the quest age. Quest of every reader. Yes, um, yes, to finally break <laughs> out of their shell. Um, I I think I want to try more, and I want to you know go and if not necessarily use readings to read, um, I'm not published, but, you know, to read or to listen to people read, I think going to talk to people about books and stories would be fun.
1: So personally, actually, um, I have two very specific reasons or specific types of readings that work for me, right? On the one hand, when it's authors that I genuinely love and want to meet in person, Um off the top of my head, actually, some of my favorite readings events, not in Malaysia, have been Owen Colfer, who wrote the Artemis Fowl series, which I love, and Salman Rushdie. Obviously, he's a favorite mm. of mine, um, also just hugely charismatic. Um, so it's not just about how they read their works, but it's also hearing them talk about their works. And they're both also great readers. So it, that helps. Um the other reason I like attending readings events, and even in particular readings KL, um, is because I write, right? And so actually, even what Sharon and Sumitra were saying, the root of it being in local writers, finding a space to find their voice and to find a community, I think especially in an ecosystem like Malaysia's, it's quite important, Um And I think for better or worse, a lot of the people who attend readings, at least in in my experience, do tend to be people who aren't just readers, but perhaps have aspirations of writing themselves. And I think that's great because it kind of gives you a safe space almost where you get to find your voice.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I see the benefit, I hear the benefit uh, of the community, of the communal value of the thing clearly you don't get 18 years with no funding without a strong (laughs) sense of community. So I do absolutely see the value in that. I think for me, though, uh, as I've said before, because I don't view myself as a writer, merely as a reader, um, and a reader who wasn't in search of community, uh, necessarily, it's something that's a little bit new to me. And so I'm adjusting.
1: We actually talked about this um, on a different show about how even with the authors that we genuinely love, that we're not necessarily given to seeking them out on YouTube, for instance. And that's not something that, at least for you and I, um, is a priority because we're already engaging with their works. And I think that's also actually a perfectly, um, not just acceptable, but enjoyable way of engaging with books. Anyway, keep your thoughts coming. Are you a fan of attending literary readings? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, write to us at buythebook at bfm.my.